Okay. I want to talk about something, Parsha Shmais, a topic that is very important in terms of development and understanding how our relationship to the Torah, sort of the the two-toned relationship that we have, we're relating to Torah as a chachma, as a wisdom, as something that we want to understand, something that, that we want to penetrate and to have penetrate into us. But at the same time, we're also... Um, talking about uh, the Das Alokim, we're talking about the Rebbe we're talking about the knowledge of the Rebbe we're literally relating to Kaviyochel, the, the thought process of the Rebbe if there was Shaykh to talk about such a thing in physical terms, which obviously has an infinite dimension to it that <clears throat> we don't relate to. So let's see, let's see, there's a, this, this, let's, let's uh, try to um, tackle this a little bit. At the end of the Parsha, yeah, very interesting incident. Moshe Rabbeinu becomes rather um, upset with the outcome, with the results of his going to Taino on Kalisol's behalf for percent Kalisol, and he sees it as um, uh, quote unquote backfiring. It uh, it has the negative impact instead of uh, leaving Kalisol from their avdus, um, it becomes something that's even more burdensome upon them. It says, uh, Tell me why did you send me? Why did you, why did you make everything turn out bad for Kalisrael? Once I came to call to the to Parai, so things have gotten worse for Kalisrael. You now, you will see Asher Esel Parai. Everything that I'm going to do, do to Parukh, and uh, and and <clears throat> at the beginning of next week's parasha, seems to compare Avram to to the Moshe to the Avos, and basically on the surface it appears as though the Rambam is criticizing Moshe Rabbeinu for coming up short vis-a-vis the Avos. So uh, um, there's, there's a couple of questions. That we really have to stall on over here. That we really have to to, to try to figure out, um, to parse and understand what exactly is going on in the relationship with with between Hakadosh Baruch and Moshe Rabbeinu. First of all, um, Rashi brings from Chazal that Atatira means Herhesa Al Mudaisa. You Chaviyachol, you questioned me. Like Avram Shamarti, like Kivitzaki Kari LeChazera. Not like Avram Avinu that I told him and I told him to bring him as an act for that you will only see it seems to be almost an einish it seems to be almost as a punishment you will only see what happens to power you will not get to see what I'm going to do to the nations of the of, of Canaan when we'll come to Eretz because it seemingly it seems from over here or at least a surface reading of this Rashi would seem to imply that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was uh, criticizing Moshe Rabbeinu and basically saying that this is the Sharish, the source of the of the of the Avera of Moshe Rabbeinu not being able to go into Eretz From this point on, Moshe Rabbeinu is not going to be able to not going to go into Eretz it's a little bit difficult because, 
as we know from the Maisa by the Meimariva, there it's it's pretty clear that up until that point, it looks like Moshe Rabbeinu is going to go into Eretz Yisrael. Only at that point does it look like it's the Gzera changes, not from over here. So what, what does Rashi, what does this Chazal mean? That Atzatira, only you will see it. That's first of all. Second of all, <clears throat> there's another very important question I have to ask over here. We're focusing on on uh, the Psukim at the end of Parsha Shmos, at the very end of, at the very end of the Parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu has complained to the Rebbeinu Shalom that if things haven't worked out, it didn't go so well. I went and I spoke to Paro and it didn't really work out for us. Uh, it seems that uh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not freeing Klali Sofa. Kert, if anything, just the opposite. Um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is making more problems for Klali Sofa. They're, they're, they're in trouble. Things are getting worse. The, the, the Shibut is becoming even more difficult. Things are, the, the, there's a bigger challenge. So, uh, and then Hashem says a very, the way Rashi brings it, Hashem says a very interesting thing. You did X, meaning you didn't believe in me, you didn't trust in me. Avram Avinu, he trusted in me. Now, listen, we're talking about the Rebbe Shem here. We're talking about the, the master of the universe. Every any any uh, person, any any parent, any teacher knows that if you want to rebuke a child, you want to tell a child that they're doing something wrong, it's okay to tell them that they failed, they fell up, that they came up short, that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. But to say that the reason why they came up short is because you did this, and that child did that. That really is that really is that really what we want? Is that really the way the way you rebuke somebody? You, you by comparing them to somebody else by 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 equating them with someone else's uh, challenges? Is that really the way? What, what does that mean? Um, that's just a it's just it's just a pedagogically speaking, it's a poor way to interact with a child. You don't tell them, oh, you did so terrible because. Your uh, your friend did did the X Y or Z. That's that's it's just it's the, the, w- w- something here. It seems to be off. Like what 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 is it that the Rambam wants from Moshe Benu? What is he actually telling Moshe Benu? And when he says to him that you will see the downfall of power, but you won't see the downfall of the of the Umas of the kings of the nations of Canaan. What does he really mean by that? What is the what 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 is the intent behind that? What does the Rambam really want from from Moshe Benu? So I believe, or Ravafiansky uh, uh, taught this a phenomenal lesson from here that is critical in how, in our entire approach to Lima Torah, to the study of Torah, to understanding what it is that we're really trying to get out of the Torah. The reality is, is that Torah that uh, that there are two aspects in in Torah in general. If you want to put it in our Yiddishkeit. There are two aspects to the way to the thing to things that we learn. The things that we learn can be understood on, on two levels. One is and there's an aspect of a foundational principle of emuna. Emuna is translated commonly translated as as faith. Um, some people would even say blind faith. Uh, we've we've learned in the past, and we've translated in the past. We we, to, we translate this word emuna as faithfulness. Not faith, but faith means it means like a loyalty to a certain concept. Like you find later in Parsha, in the end of Parsha's Peshach, Moshe Rabbeinu is holding his hands up so the Jewish people can be, have their victory over the people of Amalek. It says, yodav emuna. His hands were emuna. Emuna means not not faith. His hands weren't faith. His hands were faithful. In other words, they they were they were doing. Their mission; they were carrying out what it was that they were supposed to be doing. That's the that, that's the that's the idea. The concept of, of emuna means 
that look, Amuna means that it's something that I know to be true, but I myself can't define it. In other words, I have a, I have a, a, a either I am trusting in someone else whom I believe to be bigger than myself, whom I, whom I, excuse me, not I believe to be, whom I know to be bigger than myself, and their understanding of the system allows me to have faith in that system. Uh, to take a, uh, a contemporary example. If I speak to an infectious diseases doctor and he tells me that a vaccine is going to help you, it's going to make you better, even though I don't understand the first thing about vaccines. I have no idea how they make them. Yeah, I've heard, you know, there's, there's different times. I know there are all kinds of vaccines. Some fight against the, the infection and some they infect you so that your body learns to develop antibodies so that it can get stronger. Different vaccines work different ways. I don't, I don't know the science behind the vaccine. I don't understand the mechanics and exactly how it works. But you, Mr. Doctor, you, doctor, doctor, I should say, Mr. The, you know, the doctor who, whom, I, I, whom I trust because I trust in his education and I trust in the system that's taught him and I trust <coughs> in the research that he's done and the system that he's done. Obviously, we know there are people that don't trust in that, but let's say I have trust in the, that person. So even though I don't know how it works, I have faith in that vaccine. Is it blind? It's not blind. It's based on the fact that we know that there's a system out there about how these things are studied and how these things are looked at and how how they develop things in a lab in order to it. Yes, it could be a conspirationalist, right? I could have a believe in all sorts of conspiracy theories and think that it's all about money and et cetera, and then not trust in it at all. But, but if, if we were to function, functioning in the world requires that we have faith in others that have more knowledge than we do. That's called faith. That's called, that's called emunah. That's, that's, a, that's a reality to, that, that is based upon emunah. It's not on my, based on my personal experience. It's not based on what I have. It's based on something that's bigger than myself. And I faithfully follow that because of, the, because of what that is. There's another aspect to Torah specifically which is which is which is an aspect that we call which is an aspect that we call we call we call das das means it's my own knowledge it's my my ability to relate to this matter based upon my own experience my own investigation my own understanding my own feeling of what that is we have we have there's a fascinating Tiferes Yisrael. Tiferes Yisrael was a was a commentary written on the Mishnah in the in the in the 18th century, and in his in his commentary to the Mishnah, he writes as follows: He says on the Mishnah that says that the Memchas there are 48 ways in which the Torah is acquired. One of those 48 ways is a person has to have emunas chachamim. Emunas chachamim means to have faith in the sages, faith in the scholars. The simple understanding of emunas chachamim means that we trust and we believe that the chachamim didn't make up. They didn't make up the, the, their laws or their understandings or the interpretations of the Torah for their own convenience somehow because they were biased and they wanted something to come out according to themselves. Emunas Chachamim they, means I trust in the Chachamim that everything that they teach is real, that has a real source. It comes from a place where, and even if I, you know, so the, uh, the, the stress there is that the simple understanding, at least, the stress is on the Chachamim aspect. They are Chachamim. They are wise people, and they're honest people, and they're straight people, and they're people that I can trust, and I can have, I can, they're reliable. I can put my faith in them. 
the 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 uh the Tzvers Yisrael says that there's a deeper meaning to this word of Munasachamim. And Munasachamim, the emphasis is not on the Chachamim aspect of it, it's, the, it's on the Amuna aspect of it. It means what it means to say is, is that these people, I believe that these people have greater understanding than I do. They understand things that I don't even begin to understand. They have a relationship to the Torah and to reality that is much greater than my own. And therefore, I believe in them and I believe in what they say because I believe that they understand what they're talking about better than what I understand. The same way as the doctor understands the vaccine. He knows how the vaccine works. He knows how the proteins bond with the virus and they destroy it, whatever, right, et cetera, et cetera. He understands all those pieces, the mechanics of how it works. And I have faith in him because he has that understanding. I'm the same way I have a faith in Chachamim, that they have an understanding that's deeper than my own, that transcends what I could possibly understand. It's not, the, it's not, it's not to be understood that if they, would, if they would tell the secret to me, I would know it also. Even if they tell me what they're talking about, I won't know what they're talking about because I don't have the... I just don't have the, the bandwidth to deal with what they're dealing with. They're, they, live, they live in a reality that is a whole lot different than what mine is. That's the Munas Chacham. Now, until Matan Torah, up until the time of the Abbas, right up and right through, through our forefathers, the reality of what Torah was, was based upon Amuna. It was based upon our faith. It was based upon faith. It was based on our faithfulness in the greatness of the Abbas, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they experienced a reality. They experienced the Rebbe in a way that nobody else around them experienced them. Through their own observations and through their own, through their own tzitkos, their own righteousness, and through their own uh, observations of the world, they came to a higher recognition through Nevoah, whatever else it was, to an expression of reality of what the Rebbe is. And I am now basing... <coughs> <clears throat> or we had that up until that point in time, through the others, are basing our reality on the matantura of the others and the on the on the on, excuse me on the on the amuna of the others and, and what they what they had to do. Moshe Rabbeinu introduces a new principle to us, and, and with Moshe Rabbeinu, we received the Torah. We all stood at Har Sinai. We all acquired that knowledge. That, that transcendent uh, uh, ability, that relationship with Hashem that was direct. From Moshe Rabbeinu and on, we, we're no longer working with a sense of emunah, faithfulness to something that somebody else has seen, a greatness that Avram Avinu has experienced. Avram Avinu has examined the world, thought about the world, and he said, ah, mi bala bira, who's the... Who there has, if there's such a phenomenal world, there has to be a master of this universe. So then Avraham Avinu goes out and he teaches that there's one God, that there's one power, etc., etc. That everything that was revealed to Avraham Avinu through his nevua, through his process of, of through his, the process of his own prophecy, we come to this reality on a different level. We've come to this reality at Mount Santera. We come to this reality through our own experience, through our own reality, through through ourselves, meaning. Um, uh, we all stood at Harsinai. From Moshe Rabbeinu starts a whole new approach to Torah. That, that the Torah is, although the Torah is, is Das Elohim, it's the, it's HaKadosh Baruch, it's Kaviyochel, the Rebunisham's own knowledge, right? But, but everything that makes up the Torah 
is now based upon the fundamentals that if I study it enough and I look at it enough and I learn into it enough, I too can understand these things. It's knowledge that I can grasp. It's something that's there. It's an element of Torah that comes through das, not through, no longer through, not just, no longer just through emuna, but rather it's through das, it's through knowledge. Now, the reality is, right, there are, there are, we have both of those aspects. We have the emuna of the others, and we have the das of Moshe Rabbeinu, and both of them seem to be a necessary component in in our acquiring or understanding Torah. The question is, why does why do we need both of them? So there is a fascinating, fascinating agarata that the Maral talks about that goes like this. The Maral says that the luchos, the tablets that Hashem carved, in which all of Torah was contained, right? Even though it said that Sarasa Dibros, but we know the Ramban breaks down how all the mitzvahs fit into the Aseris Dibros. Everything, everything was contained in those luchos. Those luchos, the way the 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 the, the, God of the Gemara says, and the God of the Gemara says the luchos were six tvachim. Six tvachim is the six hands breadth. Six 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 tvachim is a is not not very big. So the Gemara says two tvachim Hakadosh Baruch Hu held on to two tvachim. Moshe Rabbeinu held on to. So they're both holding the luchos from both ends. And there's two tvachim of the luchos in the middle, in between them. That's that, that, that is being pulled, transferred from one to the other with the two tvachim that's in the middle. What is the, what, what is the intent? What, what is it that Chazal is trying to tell us? What, what, what's the reality? What's, what's the what's trying to be expressed like this? So it's like this. There are times where you can be in a relationship you can be in a relationship that's a one-way relationship. It can be one way in one of two ways. Either the relationship is one way, let's say like a parent to a child. Everything that the child tells the parent tells the child, the child has to do. You're expected as a child to listen to what your parent tells you. They're going to give over to you. They're going to instruct you. They're going to fill you up with the knowledge that you need to go out there and take on the world. It's not a question of, of whether there's no give or take. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no question of what you think about it. It's they're going to tell you the things that you need. They're going to give you the tools so that you can function in the world. On the other hand, you have a relationship where, where it's not the, it's not the, it's not a giver. It's all, it's all about, it's all from the, from the bottom up. Sometimes the relationship is, is one where, where you're, where the recipient is the one that is the proactive one in the in the in the whole agreement. They're they're taking the whole thing, right? So, for instance, um, somebody once is a student, right? They want to learn music or art, and they don't have an intrinsic appreciation for that. They have a teacher that's going to instill in them all of the appreciation for what that is: the appreciation for music, the appreciation for art. But, but they will then get gain that body of knowledge and they will become equal to their teacher as well at the same time. Now, there are other, there is, a, there is another level of relationship. There is a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a relationship which are, which, which is a, a relationship that is meant to be one where both sides are giving to one another. There's an embrace that's taking place. Like the, like the Gemara says that Akash Baruch is taking the Luchos, holding on to two on one side, and Moshe Rabbeinu, and they embrace one another, that Moshe Rabbeinu is embracing the Rebbeinu, the Rebbeinu is embracing us. Both of the things are happening at the same time. 
that means like this. Let's say the Gemara tells us, let's say, for instance, the Gemara says that if you have Shnaim Oichazin Batalus, you have two people that are holding on to a garment. One's pulling one way, one's pulling the other way. Each one is trying to manifest or is trying to establish his ownership over this garment. So whatever's in your hand belongs to you. Whatever's in his hand belongs to him. Whatever's in the middle, the Gemara tells us, you have to separate it. You have to divide it in half. You have the part that goes after you. He has the part that goes after him. The two are not connected together. There's a, there's a, a struggle, if you will, to move something from one side to another. There are, when it comes to the mitzvahs in the Torah, there are different types of mitzvahs. The, Ram, the Ramban, excuse me, the, the Maral describes the mitzvahs on three levels. We have mitzvahs, which are chukim, mitzvahs, which are statutes that we don't really understand why, where there's no rational explanation for them that, that, that explains the mitzvah itself. So for instance, the mitzvah of kashrus, right? That certain animals are kosher, certain animals are not kosher. Yeah, we know that, well, that this type of animal is a bird, an animal of prey, it's cruel, it has bad meadows, it has negative character traits, so therefore when you eat from it, it impacts you, or maybe it's not. That doesn't explain the mitzvah. At the end of the day, we do kashrus because the Rebbe says, do kashrus. The Rebbe says, do kosher this way. This is the way you're supposed to do it. There's no there's no in, inherent a deep explanation that we can relate to that tells us about kashas. On the other extreme, you have what are called mishpatim, logical laws. You have laws that make sense because that's how the society functions. And without them, society, people would destroy one another. There would be no, you wouldn't be able to have a civilization. You wouldn't be able to live together. Somewhere in the middle, in between, are something that are called edos. Edos are things that bear testimony so some of the things make sense, and some of the things are uh, perhaps a little harder to understand. So we understand that Shabbos, like for instance, one, one of the edos would be the mitzvahs of Shabbos. So in, within the mitzvahs of Shabbos, there are some mitzvahs that are very hard to understand exactly what they are. There are some things that are very logical, and they make a lot of sense to us to understand what they are. And then what you have this mizug, this sort of this mixture, these things that, that are in between that, that, that pull me in both, both, uh, both directions. The reality is that, that in order to, to acquire any of the wisdom of the Torah, one has to, on the one hand, understand it to the best of one's ability, but one also has to accept that the Rebbe, that the teacher, has something to teach us that's more than what we necessarily know. Otherwise... The Rebbe's, otherwise, the Rebbe is just serving as a book. He's not, he's not actually serving any role. He's, his goal, his role is not simply to give over something that somebody else already said. His goal is not just to simply give over something that you've read somewhere else. His, his, his role is to show you how to think, specifically when it comes to when they, when they teach in the yeshiva, so they're teaching when they're teaching somebody how to learn. How, how do you think? Is this question a good question? Is this question not a good question? Is this proof a good proof? Is it not a good proof? Is this idea that's trying to be expressed, is it just a bunch of words? And you think, oh, he's saying some very deep idea, but in actual fact, it's all just a bunch of nonsense. Or is it actually a clear idea behind it that just needs to be explained in so many words? Because sometimes when you speak around something, you speak out the, the, the parameters of what it is, 
as you speak it through, the re, the, the idea becomes more and more clear. There becomes a clarity. There becomes a, there becomes an, an aspect of it that that transcends and that, and that becomes a part of what you're trying to do. Two Amu, two Tzvachim are in the hands of the Yibar Two Tzvachim are in the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu, and two Tzvachim are in the middle. There's there's what what's what there, there's the Amuna aspect of Torah. There's knowing that Torah is true. That there's concepts like Sphiros, Malachim. We talked about this once before. I think I once described this to you. There's a famous Gemara in um, there's a Gemara in Chagiga, and the Gemara in Chagiga there has uh, pages and pages talking about the creation of angels and waterfalls and, and and describing all sorts of things that happen and how these angels come about. So I, t- I think I mentioned this to you once before. I once asked my the, the Menahel, the principal of the yeshiva, where I was learning for the high school, I said, why do we learn this? I said, we have no idea what this is talking about. We have no clue what's going on over here. These It's just words. It just it doesn't make any sense to us. He said, you're right. But the tzlach, which is the, the name of a it's the name of a of a commentary on the Talmud, it's written by a man by the name of Yecheskel Landau. He was the rav in Prague in the middle of the 18th century, in the middle of the um, 18th century, uh, in the middle of 18th century Prague. Right, he was he was the rav. He wrote another sefer called Note of Yehuda, one of the, one of the great rabbis of the of the 18th century. And he writes in his sefer Tzlach Tzedel and Nefesh He writes that sometimes we just have to learn these things and learn them over and over again, even if they just sound like words, even if they just sound like something that doesn't make any sense. You never know when something is going to happen that's going to open up your eyes and it's going to plug you right in, and all of a sudden, boom, the world opens up to you. The the reality that your mind opens up to this idea. <coughs> <clears throat> Therefore, it's worthwhile studying these things, even if you don't necessarily know what they are. There are aspects of Torah that are just emuna. They're, they're concepts that are above us. They're concepts that are that that are, that are that are greater than anything that we can really understand in the moment. But we know them to be true because they're the Torah of the Yerman Shom, and we, we're connected to them. On the other hand, there are things that are explained to us, that are clear to us, that we that we work out the the mishpatim, the things that, that make sense to us, whether it's Derek Eretz, Kodmel, or the, these ideas. There's, there's a need for an expression um, that, the, that we know exactly what it is that's, that, that we're being taught. And then there's the, the aspect in between, the things that are in between that may that right now we either may or may not may have a little bit of an understanding of them. We don't have a clear understanding of them, but that's that's what's going on over here. So so here's 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 what here's what Akadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu. With that understanding, with that thought in mind, this idea that sometimes there are things that we understand with clarity, and sometimes there are things that we that are just above us, but we accept them on Emuna. Akadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're going to see what I'm going to do for power. What is it, Kadesh Baruch is saying? Kadesh Baruch is going to say is that Moshe Rabbeinu, you have a clarity, you have a clarity of understanding, a, a, a depth of understanding in, in what happens to Paro, in, in this level of the relationship of how Kadesh Baruch is going to bring about the Geula, the redemption, that you have a clarity. That's a clarity that you have that the Abbas didn't have. The Abbas simply had to take it on Emunah. They had to take it on faith. For you, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's expressed with a whole different clarity. But the coming to Eretz Yisrael, going into Eretz Canaan, what Hashem was comparing, when it says, Lama Osa, Moshe and Akash Baruch Hu, answers him, Atatira, 
that you thought you you were here saying you understood with das you understood with knowledge okay there are aspects of the knowledge that you will get you will get the knowledge aspect in with with regards to paro but you won't just like the others had to accept on emuna that ultimately there was going to be a geula, there was going to be a redemption for the Jewish people. You too, Moshe Ben, have to accept that there's going to be a geula when we come to Eretz Yisrael. You can see with the clarity of what there is here in on, on this level. But it doesn't preclude you from following after HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right, without necessarily understanding, just knowing that our emuna, there's an emuna in the Rebbe an emuna in his Torah, an emuna in... The das elokim in the, in the knowledge that Hashem has that transcends us. The, the Ramak, Ramosha Kodavero, writes <coughs> that um, um, that that there's there's two elements of how one thinks about what it is that Hashem has done. One is to to be mahar achar midosa shalakadosh One is to is to look at what Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, and the other is to question whether or not Hakadosh Baruch Hu has done his right. One is to try to understand what is it that the Rebbeinu Shem is doing. How 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 is the world functioning? That's fine. But if the if the reality is that I'm looking to that I'm looking to 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 figure out on a different level, meaning I'm questioning, do I know what the Rebbeinu Shem's plan really is? That doesn't work. Figuring out how Akadosh Baruch's plan manifested itself—that's one thing. Figuring out do I justifying how Hashem works in the world—that doesn't work for us. You know, in the in the in the nineteenth century, nineteenth and early twentieth century, there was a massive uh, debate that roiled the yeshiva world, and, and the specifically the yeshivas as to whether or not dedicated time should be spent learning Musr. Should Musr be learned, should Musr, should ethical practices be studied as a separate subject? If you take a look, the Chazonish is right in the Sefer, and we talking, clearly deals with this in, in a, to a large degree. The, the issue, I believe, and Rebchaim Velazhin dealt with it, so Rebbe Salsalan to start something called the Musr movement, which was that you should focus on working on your midos, focus on working on your character traits, on becoming the kind of person that you need to become. Others felt that studying Musa separately from Torah was a very dangerous thing, because that implies that the Torah itself doesn't contain both dimensions. There's the dimension of Das, there's the dimension of the knowledge, but the dimension of Emuna, of faithfulness to Hashem, of reality, of expressing reality the way it's supposed to be expressed, that also comes together with the Torah itself. If you look in the Gemara, the Gemara has halachic tra- 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 treatises, and it has agadita, it has the stories, it has the, it has the aspects of teaching us Torah on a level that's deeper, that's, that's trying to bring out those lessons of how we're supposed to behave and how we're supposed to interact with the world. And they're interchangeable within one another. It's true. The Sefer Ein Yaakov was written, sort of the, a, a, com, a compilation of the stories from the Talmud were taken out and, and put separately. But that was done for that was there was a whole separate reason for that. that. That was just a matter of people who didn't have the time or didn't have the energy to focus on the halachic dimensions of the Torah. So they want they wanted to have the stories separate from them. They wanted to have that, even though those stories are not stories. They're all 
lessons and emuna, their lessons in faith, their lessons in in understanding how to how Hashem interacts with the world, and, and understanding the deeper the deeper uh, elements of what the world really is. But in the Gemara itself, when they when they formulated the Gemara, they mixed it all together. That's to say that within the Torah, within the wisdom of the Torah, is the wisdom of Derek Arts as well. It comes out. And those that were opposed to the study of Musa as something that's separate, that's exactly what they said. If you read the Chazanish, as I said, if you read the Chazanish's Emunah B'Tachon, it's clear that that's what he's focusing on. It's clear that that's what he's saying throughout. The entire Sefer is built on this idea. Torah itself will perfect a person's behavior. Learning Torah, just not, you don't have to go learn Musa. Go learn Torah. Go learn about Abayah and Rava. Go learn about the Shnei Mochas in Batals, pulling on their towels, pulling on the two dimensions. On the one end, the things that we fully understand. On the one end, the other things that we have that have no understanding of. The things that are in the middle that transcend that, and that we slowly come to understand more and more. We've said this idea many, many times before. The idea that there's sold in the Torah, that the things that are secret. So doesn't mean that they're secret because somebody's not telling you what's being said. They're not a soul because there's a cabal out there and there's a there's an oath of secrecy that we can't let you know, let you in on these ideas. That the, they're sold because even if I'll tell them to you, the words will mean nothing to you. They'll bounce off of you. You, you won't have a, you don't have the background. You don't have and again, not I. I don't mean when I say I, I don't the, the person that's 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 well versed in these ideas, it they come by themselves, like the Gemara says. A person is only allowed to teach certain things only with a one or two Talmudim. He can only have one or two students that are in front of him at the time. You can't just go and teach this to anybody because there are aspects and dimensions of this that either you get them right and you know exactly how they fit together or you make a terrible mess. Things go, things don't work out exactly where they're supposed to be. The reality of what's, what's going on over here is that, that, uh, that, that a person has to connect to what the Torah has to say and the messages of the Torah on both levels. There's the emuna aspect, the aspects of the things that are above us, but we understand, we trust. We have that emunas chachamim, like the Tiferes Yisrael says, the emunas chachamim, that we know that there are wiser people that have said these things and are teaching these things, and therefore there are lessons there for us to be learned, even if we don't get them 100% right away. We have we have a loyalty to these people to this reality that it, that it's something that 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 is beneficial to us that can that can bring us to a higher understanding and there's our own das there's our there's our knowledge there's the there's the things that we acquire and by the way in the process of das who do you learn from you learn from a rebbe the rebbe is so much ahead of you so you have emuna in that rebbe you have faith in that rebbe that he's going to break it down for you and he's going to explain to you the concepts and he's going to explain to you the ideas and tell you what's a question and what's not a question he's going to tell you how to ask the question he's going to tell you how to formulate the answer and then you're going to get to the point where he where you've mastered the skills to the level that he had those skills but in the meantime he too is continuing to learn because Torah is infinite so you run a mile he runs two miles because he's already he already had that mile under his belt and with his mile he can now expand his knowledge another two miles so you can always learn from him even when you reach his level there's another level to be to be reached after that there's more and more and more because Torah is infinite because the Torah is the Das Kim and that's how we're trying to create it and that's essentially the idea that Kosh Baruch is telling to Moshe Rabbeinu you see now, you have das in what you're seeing. 
but there's an amuna aspect as well, just like the others had amuna in their in theirs. You have to know that there's another element, there's a higher element of amuna of, of faith of knowing a faithfulness to them to a reality that's transcendent above what you can necessarily understand. There's more to it. There's always more to it. There's another dimension that you can that you can experience on a whole different level. That there's really another dimension to this as well in terms of of Mashiavino's experience that we. We arrive at our experience in the Torah through our own knowledge, and then elevate ourselves up to something that's higher, to to another to to another to another uh, level, to another uh, whole uh, reality that's that's more than what what we have in the in the world. But but the 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 important the the nakuda the point that I want to bring out over here is das and amuna amuna and das the yesodos the foundations the, the 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 pillars upon which our Torah stands is both of those it's not all amuna and it's not all das it's not all faithfulness in something else it's not all it's not all things that are above us and the things that we don't necessarily grasp and it's not all das it's not all things that we have a full grasp of that we intellectually can know that this is the reality the way it's supposed to be Sometimes there's, there's aspects of it, there are our das, and our das builds us towards our, to Amuna so that we can constantly be yonic to bring forth from that Amuna level down into the das. We're all constantly trying to acquire that. Moshe Rabbein is pulling on the on his two tvachim of the luchos. He's pulling it down into this world, pulling it down into a world where he says, but Hashem's still holding on to it. And they're embraced with one another. They're intertwined. There's a reality that we are, we're touching, that something that's higher than us at the same time is something that we're fully, that we're fully cognizant of. That's the true element of understanding Torah and understanding how the geula, how the how the redemption ultimately unfolds on that on that uh, on both of those levels, on that bifurcated level of both emuna and das at the same time. Okay, thank you very much. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody.